Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to another edition of State Lines. Christmas is almost here. Santa Claus is ready to come down that chimney. And we here on State Lines want to give you some more winners this week in the National Football League and college football betting. He is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. We got all the Week 15 action covered for you that's going to happen on Sunday and Monday of this week. Also, we're going to look at some college bowl games that are going to happen next week. So all of our listeners this week will get some college football betting action. Our thoughts on that for bowl games that will be happening next week in the college football slate. We always start the program telling you about what happened last week in the National Football League regarding the Chicago Bears. I'm sure Kevin is very excited to talk about that Bears 45-30 to loss up at Lambeau Field in the Sunday nighter where the Bears looked good in the first half or looked at least okay to have the lead and the Packers stormed back and won that game easily. But I got to tell you about my week with the best bets. This is why... You always got to be a little bit on the even keel when you're gambling. And when you're on a roll like I've been this year, hitting well over 60% with the best bets, you don't want to go crazy and say, hey, I'm doing good. Let me just throw it all on the table. The good last week, I won one of the three best bets easily. The Broncos covering against the Lions at home, winning the game 38-10. Broncos minus eight on the spread. Saw that one coming with the Lions having won the previous week for the first time this season. Figured it was a letdown spot. Indeed it was. But two real rough losses. Had the Bills plus three and a half down in Tampa. They lost to Brady and company 33-27 in overtime. So a tough loss there. And this loss may be even tougher because it wasn't a Tom Brady. Had the Browns minus two and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland wins the game 24-22. The hook gets Jason Gotch. So one and two with the best bets. We'll look to bounce back this week there. Kevin, let's talk about the Bears and the Packers. Uh, look, you were down last week talking about how they had lost the previous week to the Cardinals. I'm guessing you're not feeling better this week. No, Jason, I, I'm not. Because as it's been the entire season, this was a tale of two halves. In the first, the Bears, Jason, could not, pretty much for the most part, could not have played a better first half against Aaron Rodgers and company if they tried. I mean, they scored 28 points in one half. All right, sorry, 27. They scored 27 points in one half. 27 in one half. And they scored three points the rest of the game. I, I, I don't understand, Jason, if it's the coaches are unwilling to make halftime adjustments, if they're unable to, if the players just don't care. I, I I don't, I am at a loss for what this team is at this point. And this was probably arguably one of the most painful losses they've had the entire season. And Jason, you and I have sat here. There's been games where the Bears got blown out and they didn't even look competitive in the games. And we said those were bad. To me, this was even worse because they were in this football game. For the entire first half, they were winning the football game for pretty much the entire first half. And then they came out in the second half and then Aaron Rodgers got the football and that, and that was basically it. As soon as the Packers got the ball in the second to start the second half, the game was over. It wasn't competitive at that point. It was embarrassing. And these latest rumors now that are going on as early as this morning that there could be massive turnover with the Bears that George McCaskey and Ted Phillips might take steps away. And how is this going to 
affect the football side of things? Well, newsflash, everybody, it's not. The only way anything will change in Hallis Hall is when the McCaskies sell the team. Until that time, nobody else in the upper echelon of Bears management knows knows anything about football by their own admission now, apparently, yes, because I really need George McCaskey himself to tell me that he doesn't know a damn thing about football. Guess what? I could have told you that 10 years ago. But <laughs> at, at this point, that the, the, there is no, there's nothing that should be done at this point because what should have been done, Jason, should have been done weeks ago, and Matt Nagy and his staff should have been dismissed. So that way, you could at least try to garner some semblance of respect back back from the veterans, guys like Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson. Who, I mean, Allen Robinson, Jason, watching on the football, he looks like he's already checked out. He's already checked out. I'm sure he has his agent on the phones with other teams trying to figure out where he is going to uh, end up playing next football season because there's sh- no way he's going to do it in Chicago. If the Bears really wanted to pay him. They would have already. Ryan Pace should be fired. Matt Nagy should be fired. But here we are. We're just saying the same old things over and over again, as always. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we heard this when Lovey Smith was fired. They brought in Mark Tressman and Phil Emery had come in, I think, a year or two before. I think it was the year before they fired Lovey. And then we got rid of Phil Emery and brought in uh, uh, John Fox after Mark Tressman went away. And you brought Ryan Pace in and Pace didn't want Fox and Fox didn't work out. And then they brought in Matt Nagy. And in that that span they had, when Pace was brought in, you brought in Ernie Acorsi at like 102 years old. It was pretty much out of football at that point for a long time uh, to be your consultant. And I think you hit on something really important there, Kevin. The fact that George McCaskey basically says, hey, I'm not a football guy. Well, you know what? How long has George McCaskey been in that job? It's got to be about 10 years. I I tell you what, let's say I didn't know a job or an industry and I was given the basically the CEO role. Wouldn't my just inner senses tell me, hey, I really need to immerse myself in this so I can learn about it? How's this guy been in the job for 10 years and really doesn't know football? Did, did, you know what? If he didn't want to take the time to learn the job, you shouldn't be doing the job. Pass it off to somebody who wants to learn the job rather than hire a consultant to hire another coach and GM that don't know what the heck they're doing. Yeah, it's really, I mean, the Bears franchise is it's very disappointing because a lot of people say they do things on the cheap and at times they do, but a lot of times they don't. They pay John Fox a ton of money. They pay Dave Wanstead a ton of money. They're hiring the wrong people. And that starts at the top. I think you're onto something completely there, Kev. And, and Nagy, Nagy and Pace are going to go, but the big question is who's going to replace them? Well, and do you have confidence in who's going to replace them? I that, do not. And that's the biggest problem, Jason, is who are the Bears options? At this point, the, the, who, what options do they have? I know the, the hot name is going to be Byron Leftwich. Everyone knows that he's going to be the hot coordinator that's going to be wanted for interviews. Um, I know Josh McDaniels. I'm sure his name's going to be thrown out there again. Um, uh, uh, J- Jason, I even said this morning on my Twitter, is Jeff Fisher still available? <laughs> well, you don't want Jeff Fisher coaching your offense because when the Rams said Jeff Fisher, uh, their offense was Greg Zerline and the punter Johnny Hacker throwing fake field goal <laughs> passes. You know, the best two offensive players they had in the Jeff Fisher era. But I'll tell you who would hi- I would hire, and some people would want this and some people would The first guy I would look at, I don't know if he'd take the job, would be Jim Harbaugh. 
Look, the guy did a really good job with the 49ers. I don't know if he wants the Bears job, but the ego might say, hey, I've done all I can at Michigan at this point. But that's a guy who proved he could win, get the team to a Super Bowl. He comes from a good pedigree. He's coached in the NFL. That's the guy I would go after. I don't think it happens because it makes too much sense. Uh, but we'll see with these Chicago Bears. Well, maybe if they can get lucky and hire the right guy. I think Harbaugh would be the right guy for them. Again, I don't know if he takes the job. He's got a real good thing going at Michigan right now. And he's in the college football playoff when a lot of people thought he'd lose to Ohio State by two touchdowns this year. With that being included. Yeah. <laughs> I actually picked Michigan in that game just because everybody's going the other way. But I didn't think they'd win. I thought they'd just cover. And they proved uh, us both wrong by winning the game outright. Let's talk now about uh, the Bears and the Vikings. This is the Monday Nighter, Kev. Uh, look, not a lot of enthusiasm for the Bears at this point at 4-9. and nine. Minnesota's got a shot to make the playoffs still at 6-7 and seven in a bad bottom of the NFC. Bears are a three-and-a-half-point dog here. Uh, the money line is for the Bears at this point is minus 160. You come back with the Vikings, and you say they're minus 190. The total's 44. How do you see this one playing out? <sighs> I don't know, Jason, because uh, I really do want to say that the Bears might actually be able to cover this one because for whatever reason, Kirk Cousins always seemingly plays bad against the Bears. The Bears always seem to get the best of him. Um, I don't know why, but they always seemingly do, and um, they usually do a pretty good job against Dalvin Cook. So you know what? I, I got nothing to lose at this point. Let me take the Bears in this one plus the three and a, or uh, to cover uh, plus the three and a half. Um, yeah, I'm going to join you. I'm going to join you on this one, Kev. I'm going Bears plus three and a half as well. You mentioned the Cousins factor. The Vikings have had problems with the Matt Nagy Bears over the years. I know that's, that's a hard thing to fathom that Nagy's got owns anybody. Not saying he owns the Vikings, but he's done well against them, even when the Bears have been subpar. So I'm going to say the Bears step up here on their own field. I like getting the hook. They might lose the game, but I think it's going to be real close. So I'm going to take the Bears as well. Let's move on to the Bears rival who smacked them last week at Lambeau, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, minus five this week, the Packers are playing a game at the Baltimore Ravens. This is a late start in Baltimore. Actually, that line has now moved to five and a half. The Packers are a five and a half point favorite, 325 central time kickoff uh, in Baltimore. Packers minus 235 on the money line. Ravens plus 190. Total here is 43 and a half. Things really going south for the Ravens quick uh, while the Packers just continue to win games. Yeah, Jason, biggest thing right now is that Lamar Jack. we don't know the status of Lamar Jackson right now, what his health situation is looking like. I do know the situation and status of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Let me take the Packers on the road, minus five and a half. All right, Kevin locked in with the Packers. I'm going to go Ravens here. I think this is a game the Baltimore Ravens really need to have. You think about where they were at a few weeks ago. You think about where they are at right now. And losing that game at the Browns last week, they've lost two in a row now. They're eight and five. Browns and the Bengals haven't been great this year since he's struggling as well, but those teams only one game back of Baltimore in the standings. And remember, Browns beat them last week, beating the Ravens. Bengals smacked them in Baltimore earlier this year. So uh, Ravens need this game. I think they find a way to cover the number. Before we get out of here to our next segment here on State Lines, he's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Let's do a better or drink it where you decide if you want to bet a proposition bet. Kevin and I take a chance at it. Do we want to put some money out there? Do we want to keep the money for our beer fund? So we're not trying to borrow money off people uh, when we go watch the game with our friends at the local bar. Here it is, Kev. Vikings, 6-7. and seven. Again, a log jam at 6-7 and seven in the NFC. Do you think they will make the playoffs? Yes is plus 225. No is minus 290. Or you can just sit it out. 
Oh boy. Um, Jason, I mean, I'm just looking at the Vikings last four, uh, games. Um, I, I don't think they will. Um, I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to bet this one at all. I'm going to drink this one just cause I don't really have confidence either way. Cause I mean, they play the bears twice, two times in four weeks, which I do not understand why that schedule works itself out the way it does. But then they play the Rams and then they go to Green Bay to play the Packers. I mean, the Vikings could lose, could just as easily win three of these games as they could to lose all four of them. So I have no idea. So I'm just going to keep this in the beer fund this week. I'm going to put a little bit on it. I hate that minus 290 no being so high. But I the schedule you just said, Kev, I, I don't see it happening. Minnesota is at six and seven. Um, they will need a lot of help to get there and to pull some upsets. So I'm going to say no on the Vikings. Then it'll be Mike Zimmer watch to see if he keeps that job. Regardless, I'm going to bet no. When we come back, more NFL games to discuss, more bet it or drink it, some college football action later on. Also, a toilet bowl game of the week, a big coaching change in the NFL. College legend doesn't even last a year in the league as the head guy of a bad franchise. We'll talk. Plus, we got our uh, best bets coming up, too. So a lot to do with you on State Lines. More right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you back to State Lines. Wish you a Merry Christmas, a happy and healthy New Year, and a happy holidays to everybody out there as the holiday season is in full swing and the football is really heating up. So let's get to more Week 15 action. From the gambler's perspective here on State Lines, he is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Kevin, one team that has been an enigma as of late. They they fell down big in Tampa last week. And they came back to force overtime, but they lost that game in overtime, 33-27. The Buffalo Bills falling to Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, The Bills, a Super Bowl pick for some people. Josh Allen, uh, considered an MVP candidate heading into this year. He has had a pretty good season, but the Bills are only 7-6. and They're an 11-point favorite this week at home against the struggling Carolina Panthers. Uh, Buffalo, as we look at the latest line, is minus 525 on the money line. The Panthers are plus 385. This is a noon kickoff central time in Buffalo. Totals 44 and a half. Uh, Panthers season pretty much falling apart, but the Bills uh, not looking like a Super Bowl contender in a time of year when you want to. 
Yeah, Jason, I mean, the story for the season for the Bills is just that they've been inconsistent. I mean, there's been a couple games where they've looked absolutely fantastic, and then there's game like yesterday, like last week, like you said, where they came all the way back. They looked like they were dead in the water. They came all the way back to lose the game in overtime. But then again, I know it was back at week one of the season, but, I mean, then we look at the games they played against teams like Pittsburgh where they absolutely got demolished in their first game of the season. So I still, you're right, Enigma, cannot figure them out whatsoever. But I do think they will be able to win this one against Carolina at home relatively easily. It's going to be cold. Bill Bill's Mafia, I'm sure, is going to be out in force and stuff like that. So I, I don't like the... I don't like the spread being at 11 points. I think that's a, I think even that's a little bit high, but I will take uh, the bills to cover this one minus the 110. I will join you. I'm going to take Buffalo minus the 11 as well. We'll not touch the money line here. Amazing that Carolina in five and eight record so far right now, they are only one game out of a playoff spot in the NFC. That's how much of a log jam we've got right now in the NFC with six and seven and five and eight teams. Still, I think Buffalo has to make a statement similar to what the Broncos did against the Lions last week as they try and compete for an AFC playoff spot. I think Buffalo gets a comfortable win here. Uh, Give me the Bills and Josh Allen minus the 11. The Cincinnati Bengals are another tough team to figure out. I mean, they were riding high just a couple of weeks ago with that huge route win of the Steelers. Uh, Since that point, they have lost two games in a row, a loss in overtime at home last week to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Zach Taylor, their head coach, a lot of questions about the way he coached that game in overtime. Uh, The Bengals had a deep in 49ers territory, and they, on first and second down, ran the ball and then threw it on third and settled for a field goal, and Joe Burrow was lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, So the Bengals now at 7-6. and They are at the Broncos this week. And the line in this contest, this is another late afternoon game on the card. Uh, 305 starts central time. Bengals plus two and a half. Totals 44 and a half. Cincy plus 130 on the money line. The Broncos are minus 150. And again, uh, you look at the standings here, Kev. The Bengals are seven and six. And the Denver Broncos are seven and six as well. So this could be big when you're determining a playoff spot in a few weeks in the AFC. Yeah, Jason, this this could be a really big football game in the grand scheme of things. I like both of these teams for different reasons. And I think the Broncos, I think they're a lot better, Jason, than their record gives them uh, credit for. As I mean, they've quietly just done their own thing. Vic Fangio, of course, they got a really good defense up in Denver, despite the fact they traded their arguably their best player on the onset defense, of course, being one Von Miller. But um I think this is this is going to be a really close game. I'm thinking a field goal game. So I don't know if it's going to be in my best bets or not, but I really do think that Denver is going to be able to get take this one at home because we know how much the mile-high advantage um, gives them. So let me take Denver in this one minus the two and a half. All right, I'm going to go the other way here. Bengals need it bad. I think the way Burrow is playing, I just like, to ride him here after a couple of tough losses and say he's going to step up big. Uh, Denver's offense not nearly as explosive as the Bengals' offense it can be. So give me the Bengals here. I'll take them plus the two and a half on the road. As we roll along on state lines, he's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Continuing with week 15 of the National Football League, let's go to an AFC East battle. The Miami Dolphins a few weeks ago were semi-regular in our toilet bowl games, but Things have changed. The Dolphins all of a sudden are playing pretty darn good football. 
Uh, Miami, six and seven. And you look at where they were and where they are now. Uh, they have won one, two, three, four, five consecutive football games heading into a matchup against the Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets down in South Florida this weekend, Kevin. Uh, Sunday game, noon kickoff central time. Uh, the Jets are a pretty big underdog in this game, as you would expect. The Jets are plus nine and a half, plus 330 on the money line. Miami minus 435 on the money line, totals 41. I don't think the Dolphins are going to the playoffs, but if they win this one and they get some help this week, things get interesting from that perspective. Yeah, Jason, it's a, I, oh God, I really don't like having to do anything with this game, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I would just keep it simple. I would just take Miami at home minus the nine and a half. Um, I mean, they are the favorite for a reason. The Jets, they're, uh, they're not good. Uh, so yeah, we're keeping it simple. Let's just roll with the Dolphins minus nine and a half. Be very interesting to see what ends up happening with Tua though this off season. Yeah, he's played a lot better than people expected this year. Either you look at the Jets and you say, is Zach Wilson the answer? Nobody knows at this point. Robert Sala, first-year head coach, going on the road here. I'm going to take the Jets plus the nine and a half. I think the spread's a little too much, but I concur with Kevin. Uh, if I'm not on the program, there's no way I'm in the casino, in the sports book, looking at this game and wanting to put my money on it. We pick it for the show, but this is not one I find attractive from either side. Buccaneers, nice win again last week over the Bills. Uh, blew a big lead. Came back, won that game in overtime. They're minus 11 against the rival Saints this week. Uh, the total in this contest at last check was 46 and a half. And we'll get you the update on that uh, right now. This is the Sunday nighter. It's still 46 and a half, still minus 11 for the Buccaneers. Bucks are minus 525 in the money line. The Saints come back at plus 385. You know, we talked about it last week and kind of uh, joked a little bit, Kevin, that the Saints season looks like it somewhat came to an end when Jameis Winston got hurt because their backup quarterback position is so unsettled with Taysom Hill, an all-purpose type player, uh, Trevor Simeon, a, a Northwestern guy like I am, but uh, really a journeyman quarterback in the NFL. So uh, the Saints still alive for the playoffs. Not a lot of people think they're going to get there at this point. Brady and the Bucks just keep winning. Yeah, yeah, Jason, a uh, great team. Great team is doing what a great team does, win football games. People want to rank on uh, the Bucks for – being up 20 plus points, then letting the other team and letting the bills crawl, crawl all the way back, but back. But the bottom line is Jason, you you've been around this business even longer than I have. Good teams find, especially foot in football, good teams find a way to win football games. Doesn't matter how or why or when, but if you're a great team, you find a way to win football games. And that's what Tampa's done this whole season. That's what I think they're going to continue to do. So let me just take Tampa at this one, minus the 11, minus 110 again. I don't like that spread being that high because the NFC South division, it's so weird that the games end up being closer than people expect. But I don't think the Saints are going to be able to do that much against that Tampa Bay front seven, especially on offense. I mean, at this point with Michael Thomas but not playing that much, if at all this year, because I think he's still battling injury. If you, shut, if you slow down Alvin Kamara, you basically have the Saints offense figured out. Yeah, the Saints really hit the skids after beating the Buccaneers in uh, that game in New Orleans on Halloween, 36-27. to 27. The, the Saints offense is not good. You look at where the Saints are right now. They did beat the Jets last week, and that was their first win 
to break a five-game losing streak. I'm going Bucks here. I think Brady and company want revenge at home. It's a primetime game, Sunday night football. Uh, I like the Bucks. I, I lay in the 11. I norm- normally don't bet big numbers like that, but in this case, uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to get it done. Let's do a few better drinkets before we move on to some college football. And, and these, again, involve the playoffs, Kevin. So here we go. The Eagles are 6-7. and seven. Will they make the playoffs? Yes is plus 150. No is minus 190. You want to take either of those? You want to pass? Oh boy. Um, you know what, Jason, I am going to take the yes on this one for the Eagles. Um, reason being, I really think that the Eagles, they're starting to play a lot better at the right time. It feels like Washington has cooled off the last couple of weeks. I mean, Dallas is going to be running away with the division crown this year. There's no doubt about that. But as you said, it's a big trash heap of teams trying to fight and claw and tease their way in. So I think the Eagles might be able to slip in these last couple uh, games of the season, Jason, to possibly get in one of those wild card spots. So yeah, let me bet the Eagles on this one since they had to play Washington twice and the Giants once. So I think if they went in the Dallas Cowboys last game of the season, you're telling me if the Eagles can win at least two, if not three of those football games, I definitely like their chances. I agree. I'm jumping on the Eagles here, and I like that, that number as well. I mean, you can put $50 down and win an additional 75 and with the schedule Kevin talked about and that really bad NFC East, except for the fact they've got the Cowboys in there, I think it's it's very possible the Eagles go 3-1, and one, get to 9-8, and eight, and that's good enough for that last playoff spot in the NFC. Here's a tougher one. Colts at 7-6 and six to make the playoffs. Slow start to the year, but they played a lot better the last couple of months. Uh, they are yes, minus 180, no, plus 150. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, Jason, this this one is a lot harder. I mean, I think the Colts surprised a lot of people, myself included, with how well they have they had been playing. Uh, last couple weeks, though, they have not been very good. I mean, yeah, they obviously demolished the Texans last week. But who – I mean, they did throw a shut – pitch the shutout, though, which I think that was a little surprising. But, um, I mean, this week – I mean, these, these next two games for them, Jason, are really tough tests. I mean, they have the Patriots at home. And then they have to go out to the desert to play the Cardinals. And then they have the Raiders and the Jags again. So, I mean, they could probably win at least two of those games. But just taking a look at the AFC playoff picture right now, I don't think um, I, I don't think that nine wins in, that, in the AFC is going to be enough for the Colts to get in. I know technically they would get in right now, but I, I just don't have confidence in them right now given how good the afc north is as well so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna take no on this one i agree i'm going no and i like the odds again at plus 150 bet 50 win an additional 70 the colts offense has played very well the last month and a half for the most part you look at some of these wins they've got they've beaten the texans they beat the niners that was a nice win beat the jets and jaguars who are terrible good win over the bills and they beat the texans again so you look at that schedule, I mean, Patriots, Cardinals, very tough games. Raiders and Jaguars, not so much. I don't know if nine and eight is good enough to get them in in the AFC, so I'm going to go no here on the Colts. Last one for this segment, Bengals, seven and six to make the playoffs. Yes, plus 155. No, minus 190. Well, Jason, this is this is ironic. This is the team that I have been rolling with for the vast majority of the football of the season this year. Um, the, 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 this is gut check time. For Cincinnati at this point, Jason, because as we talked about earlier, they have the Broncos this week, but then they have the Ravens again at home, the Chiefs at home, and then they finish off the season at Cleveland. 
they have to win three of the next four games in one in some way, shape, or form. Cincinnati has to win the next three of their next four to to have a shot to be in the playoffs. They're on the outside looking in right now, but ahead of them are the Bills, who, as we've talked about, have been inconsistent. The Chargers have slipped a little bit. Um, the Colts, they've been inconsistent, and the Ravens right now are falling as well. They have not looked as invincible now as they did earlier on in the season, Jason. So I like Cincinnati's chances, so I'm going to go ahead. I will take the yes on this one to get the plus 155 on the return if it hits. Yeah, I'm going yes as well. We agree on all, you know, looking at all these three, and I, I, I like your analysis here. Yeah, I think they got to win three of four. I mean, two and two might get it done depending on what other teams do, but I doubt it. But this is a huge one against the Broncos this week. They win that game. Then you're talking about the Ravens at home is a game they, they should win based on the way both those teams are playing. And you got to go to the Browns that last game of the season. I don't know if they're good enough to beat the Chiefs at home right now, right after New Year's Day on January 2nd. But regardless, I like the Bengals plus the 155. Again, bet 50 with a little more than 75 bucks on that bet. It's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. When we come back, Let's talk some college football bowl games that will happen next week and also a little more NFL as well. Back with that after this. We'll be right back on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Great to have you aboard here on State Lines, along with Kevin Berger. My name is Jason Gotch. All of our listeners get a special treat this week because we're going to talk some college football bowl games for next week. So look a little forward towards the Christmas week. Give you a chance to lock in on these games if you would be interested in taking a chance on betting some college football bowl action. Always interesting to do because those bowl games fill quite a gap in the holiday season you know maybe you're you're with friends or family and everybody's gathered around you want something on the tv that everybody can kind of look at with one eye while you're talking to people and these bowl games provide that for you because during the week again we don't get a lot of nfl action except the thursday night game so the bowl games are there for you the next couple of weeks and let's start it off kevin by looking at the armed forces bowl they play this in fort worth texas every year it'll be on wednesday december 22nd at 7 p.m Army, who lost arch rival Navy last week in an upset as the midshipmen got it done 17-13 at MetLife Stadium. Army trying to recover from that one in the bowl game next week against Missouri. 
a team not too far from the state of Illinois, where we broadcast right across the border. Army is a three and a half point favorite here, minus 180 on the money line. Missouri's plus 155. Totals 58 and a half. I know you got taken the Army Navy game, saw the, the Army Black Knights lose that contest. Think they bounce back against Mizzou, or will Eli Drinkwitz's team get it done? Yeah, well, uh, first things first, everybody. If you guys listened to me, Kevin Berger, last week on State Lines, then you should have gone, have done the correct thing and picked the Navy midshipmen to win that game. And if you, and if you did, you got plus 233 on the on the money line back. So uh, I pat myself on the back for that one. Um, with that being said, though, Jason, um, I think that Army is rightfully so um, the uh, front runner, um, the favorite to win this football game. And they've had a very impressive season across the board, including that explosive explosion game with Wake Forest where the final score was 70 to 56. I couldn't believe there was enough time in a football game to score that many points for both sides. But, um, and I mean, Jason, Missouri, they, ju- they just haven't been impressive this year. I mean, their most, Im- their most impressive games, quote unquote, was them losing to Kentucky 35 to 28. And then them beating a, a very, I think, underachieving Florida team this year by the score of 24 to 23 in overtime. I mean, other than that, they, they've kind of really just eaten, either beaten mediocre teams or got beaten by some of them in the case of Boston College, beating them 41 to 34. Boston College, they're good at many a great many things, including hockey. Uh, not so good when it comes to the football side of things, usually. Um, so, yeah, I would go ahead. I would put money down for this one. I would go ahead and I would take Army minus the three and a half, minus the 180. And, of course, how appropriate that the Army Academy is in the Armed Forces Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Well played by the bowl committee to get that done. And I am going to go the other side here. I'm actually going to take Mizzou. Uh, their run defense was bad early and midway through the year, but they played a lot better stopping the run in the month of November had that nice one against Florida that got them bowl eligible. So I think Missouri is going to continue the trend here, and I like them getting the points plus three and a half. I actually think they're going to win the game outright, but I'm not going to take them on the money line. I'm going to take them plus the three and a half. Uh, The Frisco, Texas football classic, Miami of Ohio. My lovely wife is an alum of Miami of Ohio. Don't ever tell her it's Miami of Ohio. They're Miami University to her. She always says they should call it Miami, Florida, because we were there first, and I always call it Miami of Ohio just to kind of, you know, do the thing that a husband should do. Try to get under the wife's skin. Regardless <laughs> of how, you, how you see Miami University from Oxford, Ohio, like I do Miami of Ohio or Miami University, they're a three-point favorite uh, in this game, the Frisco, Texas Football Classic. Kevin, not to be confused with the Frisco, Texas Bowl. There's also a bowl game being played there involving San Diego State and Texas San Antonio. So they get two bowl games. This is the classic. We played played on Thursday, December 23rd at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. So you got some time to think about this one. Miami of Ohio, three-point favorite over North Texas. Miami minus 145 on the money line. North Texas plus 125. Your total in this game is 54. Yeah, well, uh, Jason, admittedly, I don't know a heck of a lot about either team. I mean, I do know... uh... The Red, the Red Hawks. I, I believe they're called the Red Hawks. Yes, Jason? They are called the Red Hawks. Nice! All right, so I do know that that is where Ben Roethlisberger is, uh, went to school, so I do know that much. Um, other than that, you know, Mac school. Always love to see uh, Mac, uh, Mac teams in uh, bowl action. Um, I mean, they did play. I mean, yeah, they got smacked pretty good by Cincinnati, but they, they kept a really close game against Minnesota. Um, and, I mean, they did beat Buffalo by quite a big margin. Um, and they only lost to Kent State, who was in the MAC championship by one point. 
So, I mean, they, they've just, they've quietly done their own thing. They've been doing some decent play in the Mac. Uh, the North Texas Mean Green, which is one of the best nicknames in, co- in college sports history. I don't care what anybody says. The Mean Green, that's just awesome. Um, you know, they're quietly just, again, doing their own thing. They did have an impressive win, though, Jason, against a team who is actually ranked and up to that point was undefeated in a University of Texas San Antonio, who at that point was undefeated up until that. Um, so they did beat them 45-23. Uh, taking a look at the um, at the at the lines either way. You know what? Let me go on a line here and take a, let me take North Texas in this one. Um, I mean, it is going to be in the fr- in Frisco, Texas. So I mean, I guess you could say it's a home field advantage because at least they don't have to leave the state to go to it. Uh, so yeah, let me take North Texas plus the one twenty five. I'm going to go and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get kicked out of the house for the holidays. So I'm going to go and I'm going to take Miami of Ohio here minus the three. And the reason I am going to go with them on this particular, uh, in this particular case is they've got a really good defensive front. They dominated in Mac games at times this year uh, with that defensive front. So I think they're going to go ahead and they're going to give problems to uh, that North Texas offense. But this is a game, again, it's really tough to pick. Kevin brings up a good point. Uh, North Texas is a big state. I know that, but North Texas is going to stay in their uh, home state to play this game. They're from Denton, Texas. They're going to go to Frisco to play this one. But I think Miami, Ohio is going to find a way to get it done here and cover that number. Give me Miami of Ohio minus the three. Let's go now to the Hawaii Bowl. Now, this game's on our card for one reason. Look, I, <laughs> I, I, I've been that person before. I've got to admit it. Uh, sometimes on Christmas Eve, it's been a little quiet for me. Small family. That's not the case anymore. But yep. uh, there were some years when I was in the radio business, I'd work Christmas Eve. And you'd be amazed how many people. And, you know, it's a good thing that you have live call-in radio on Christmas Eve because it gives some people with not all that much going on something to do. But Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. Central Time is the Hawaii Bowl. And a lot of people sit at home. Maybe they want to watch a football game. This is the only game in the world going on at that time. So if you're a gambler and you want something to do on Christmas Eve, 7 p.m. Central Time, the Hawaii Bowl. Memphis minus 7, minus 280 against Hawaii, the home team, who comes back at plus 225. Totals 56.5 here, Kev. Memphis is the favorite, but Hawaii's the home team. I was going to say, yeah, first of all, Jason, who did who did the people at, at the University of Hawaii have to bribe or grease palms to get to get them to be in that bowl game? So uh, <laughs> kudos to them for that. Um, Memphis, Jason, in a conference, I think it's Conference USA, or maybe it's the American, Con- or maybe it's the American Conference now. I, I have no idea what conference that they're in anymore. But, uh, I mean, they, they've looked pretty solid. Again, I mean, they played against UTSA early in the season, only lost 31-28, to 28, so that was a close game. They actually beat Mississippi State this year, which I think was a, which was a big upset. They did beat Navy. They beat SMU in a close game, barely lost to uh, East Carolina, and they actually played the Houston, the Houston Cougars pretty tough and, and for about two and a half quarters. They played them pretty tough. With that being said, though, Jason – and I am one of those night owls that I will watch whack action football or the games that are really, really late night on the West Coast because I just like watching I like watching college football. Um, this Hawaii team, Jason, there's one thing I know about them is they're they have speed. They run they fly around the football field, they have a lot of speed, and they have a lot of athleticism, they like to hit people. Um, with that being said, that on top of the um them being at home let me take the hawaii rainbow warriors again another 
awesome nickname by the administration there. I'm taking them on uh I'm taking them on the money line plus the seven. Me too. They are the Memphis is the better team. Hawaii's at home, home crowd, getting a touchdown. Again, they don't have to win, they just gotta cover. Hawaii did win their final two games of the season to become bowl eligible to get to six and seven. Again, I don't think they're the better team, but I think it's the better spot for them at least to cover the spread. Give me the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors plus the seven. Let's shift gears now here on State Lines along with Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Back to some more week 15 NFL action. Sunday afternoon, noon kick central time. This is a mismatch on paper and also on the gambling line. The Arizona Cardinals fly into Detroit to take on the Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions. Arizona minus 12, over under 47. Cards minus 575 on the money line. Dan Campbell's Lions plus 410 on the money line. Kevin. You know, Jason, this game actually really irritates me because like I said on the program last week is that um, the one week that I didn't pick the Lions to win or uh, didn't pick them to do anything special. They actually all pull out and win a football game, which really bothers me. But uh, in this case, no, I don't think this is going to be that close. I really don't want to take Arizona just because I don't think the odds are great at the minus 110 with the with the 12 on the spread. So, But I will take Arizona minus the 12. All right. Kevin locked in. Cardinals minus 12. I'm going Lions plus the 12. That number's just too big for me for a road team, and it could be a look-ahead spot here with the Colts and the Cardinals uh, playing next week. And also, the Cardinals last week, you look at they beat, had that loss to the Rams. They're probably going to be looking for some revenge, but still, uh, give me the Lions plus the 12. Falcons and 49ers. Again, this game, the Niners are almost certainly going to make the playoffs. They're playing pretty well. But the, the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, this is how bad the NFC is, that bottom spot that they're fighting for that playoff spot. You look at the Falcons have not had a great season. I mean, no. they got destroyed by the Patriots in a, in a ball game uh, that I believe was the Thursday night game one week, and that was a really ugly loss by Atlanta. And still, you look at the standings right now, and you click over to the NFC, and you see the Falcons are in that big log jam of teams that are currently six and seven. And Atlanta did win their game last week. So they go to San Francisco this week. Uh, later start, 305 Central Time. Atlanta get nine and a half. Totals 46. Uh, 320 plus 320 on the money line for the Falcons. The Niners are minus 425. Oh, boy. Yeah, Jason. Um, I, I don't think this. there's that much uh, complication in this one. Um, 49. I don't like the fact that it's at nine and a half. I think that's a little bit high because for whatever reason, I think this game's actually going to only be a touchdown game. I, I can't explain why. Um, so I guess with that being said, I suppose I might, I would pick the Falcons to cover this one. Um, so I think they can definitely keep it within 10 points. Uh, but, uh, don't pick them to win this football game at all. Cause they've, uh, they're not good. Yeah, they're not very good, but I think that's a little too much points from the from the uh, odds maker. So I think the Niners are going to win. I just think they probably win this one by a touchdown. So give me Matt Ryan and company to keep it close. I'll take the Falcons plus the nine and a half. Next up for you, Cowboys and Giants. Old-fashioned NFC East brawl. These two teams do not like each other. Uh, the bad news for the Giants is they're just not very good this year. Noon kickoff, uh, central time at MetLife Stadium. The Giants are getting 11 points at home here, Kevin. 44 and a half is your total. Giants plus 400 on the money line. Cowboys are minus 550. 
Yeah, Jason, I, I'm going to take Dallas in this one minus the 11. I don't like the, I think that's a lot of points um, to be favored by on the road, but I mean, the giants really are just that bad. Um, I think the Daniel Jones experiment is going to be over come this off season. I, I anticipate they might even try to move on from Saquon Barkley, try to trade him, you know, get, get some picks out of him. So uh, let me take Dallas in this one minus the 11. And I am on this one agreeing with Kevin about Giants having a house cleaning after the season. The head coach Joe Judge might be gone. Heck, the offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was let go in midseason. But again, too many points for me. 11 point favorite on the road. And I know I know it's a rivalry game, but how motivated here uh, is Dallas looking at a team like the Giants that they should be able to beat comfortably. And next up, you know, you look at the schedule next week and uh, the Dallas Cowboys have a game against another rival, Washington, that's not very good. But still, I'm going to take the Giants plus the 11 in this contest. We come back here on State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Uh, a toilet bowl game of the week that really, you know, it might be a, it might be a quadruple flusher here. It's so bad. Also, <laughs> a big, big coaching change involving that game we'll talk about. More games to preview. Most importantly, our best bets of the week. All that and more uh, coming up right after You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Great to have you with us on State Lines. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Continuing with the NFL thoughts. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Uh, Kevin and I were talking during the break. I, I think this is, I think we agree, this is the worst toilet bowl game we've had this year. And that's saying something. I mean, I said quadruple flusher before the break. Quadruple flusher, call the plumber, and you're going to have to put down a few grand to fix the toilet. It's this bad. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. The Jaguars, we'll tell you more about them in just a second, but let's get the line out there first. Uh, this game, the line right now, the Jaguars are minus three and a half, minus 125 if you want the three and a half. Houston's plus three and a half, plus 105. Noon kickoff central time down in Jacksonville. Totals 39 and a half. Houston plus 170 on the money line. Jags minus 200. Urban Meyer was hired in January by the Jaguars to save the franchise. The owner shot Khan said, hey, I got it right this time. I got Urban Meyer. Here we talk in mid-December. Urban Meyer has been fired as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
He went two and 11. He didn't make it to game 14. So that tells you where the Jacks franchise is at. So much hope going into the year. Urban doesn't make it through the season. Maybe he should have looked at one of those college jobs and ran out of there. Uh, like Bobby Petrino did about 15 years ago when he was running the Falcons. And he, he didn't tell Atlanta he was leaving. He just hopped on a plane, went to Arkansas, showed up and said, hey, by the way, I took the Arkansas job at Atlanta. I'm quitting on you guys. Uh, that probably would have been the better thing for Urban to do. He didn't do it. Now he's out of a job. Uh, your thoughts first, Kevin, on Urban Meyer. Obviously, this is another in the long line of college coaches. Steve Spurrier with the then Washington Redskins. Yesterday, Lou Holtz with the New York Jets. Uh, the, the land is littered with college coaches who never really were a part of the NFL, going there as head coaches, and things not working out. Yeah, Jason, I mean, I could. I think I said this when the hire was announced. And, I mean, you didn't even mention the more recent guys, guys like Chip Kelly in um out in uh philadelphia or even the great nick saban who people now they're probably like oh my god this guy's a genius when nick saban left lsu to go to miami they were uh they were not good at all um so i mean th th this is another coach jason who i think is i'm mean, urban meyer he's a very polarizing college coach he's an authority figure he gets things done his way there, there is no room for interpretation. In the NFL, you can't do that because they're grown men who have their own goals, their thoughts, their feelings. But even more so, Jason, most of those guys on his team are probably making just as much, if not more, than you are. So if if, if you're saying things that some of these reports, I mean, he's there were reports that he called his staff complete and utterly incompetent saying that I had a staff at Bowling Green that was better than you guys that he physical violence against some of his players including his kicker um and of course we don't even need to talk about uh the video of him at that uh, uh bar or nightclub in uh southern in South Florida so I mean th this was a train wreck from the beginning they acted like that this was going to save the franchise, a guy with no NFL credentials at all. And the team is not well organized. It's not well constructed. People are saying that Trevor Lawrence is a complete and total bust. Well, no, Trevor Lawrence is going through the rookie growing pains of now discovering that I'm not surrounded by the best talent on the football field anymore. So this franchise was doomed from the start. And honestly, Jason, I think this might be the last time we see Urban Meyer with the headset on, period. Like, at any level, foot pro, college, high school. does I think this might be the last time you see Urban Meyer coach a competitive football game for the rest of his life. It's going to be interesting because I normally would say, yeah, that's probably the case. He's had so many health issues. But I think now he's got the motivation to go back to college and wants to prove something. Maybe I'll be wrong, but the, he does, nobody wants to go out the way Urban Meyer went out because you're always remembered by the way your last job turns out. Uh, you're not usually remembered by, oh, he was so great with Ohio State and Florida and Utah and Bowling Green. No, or that's the guy who flopped with the Jags. Not like Nick Saban. Went back, nobody thinks about Nick Saban with the Dolphins. Heck, heck that, I've forgotten that one when I was telling those coaches. That was a great call by you, Kevin. Yeah, Saban flopped with the Dolphins. Nobody will ever think about that. They're going to think about it, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time with Alabama uh, before that LSU and Michigan State. However, Urban Meyer's act clearly did not work in Jacksonville. He was he was a college coach using college coaching methods in the National Football League. You can't do it anymore. Doesn't Look, work. I mean, that's just the way the, the world's changed. I love Bobby Knight, one of my favorite all-time coaches. Wish I would have been good enough to play basketball for Bobby Knight. 
I come from a little bit of a different era. That's the way we were coached up then. Uh, nowadays, the Bobby Knight stuff does not work, especially in the pros. So I, I actually don't blame Shad Khan for making this move to, to hire Urban Meyer. They'd had so many bad coaches down there. Why not give it a whirl and see if maybe the guy is the right guy? You got rid of him after 13 games. I mean, the Jags were terrible under Doug Marone at the end, too. They'll probably be terrible with the next guy they bring in. It's just the way bad franchises operate. But, yeah, clearly Urban Meyer was not the answer down in Jacksonville. Now, to the game here, Kevin. What do you think? Jags rally around the interim coach Daryl Bevel, the former Wisconsin Badger quarterback, or are the Houston Texans going to have their day? Wow, that that's a big-time endorsement credentials. I was a quarterback at the University of Wisconsin. Took that's... him to the Rose Bowl. Took him to the Rose Bowl. Don't sell good old Daryl Bevel short. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure that wasn't helped out at all by his freakishly huge offensive line and whatever talented running back he had he was handing the football off to. Anyway, I digress. Um, with that being said, though, Jason, oh, my God, this God, this really is a bad game. I would say no, Jason. Instead of calling the plumber, you might as well just, like, leave and go, just go get a brand-new house at that point. <laughs> um, so with that being said, though, Jason, um, I actually think the Jags might actually win this one. It's going to be a breath of fresh air. Urban Meyer's not going to be there. I also find it funny how the line actually moved a half point after they announced that he was fired. <laughs> so I think that's a little hysterical. Let me take the Jags at home minus three and a half. I'm joining you. This is rally around Daryl Bevel. Urban Meyer's gone, and we want to prove to him that he was the problem. Jags are winning this game. I like it, too. Minus the three and a half. A few more games to look at before our best bets of the week. Rams minus four and a half, minus 200 against the Seahawks, who've had a surprisingly rough year. They're normally pretty good against Pete, with Pete Carroll there. Uh, so many good seasons they've had. Total here, 45.5, minus 200 for the home team, the Rams, plus 170 for the Seahawks, uh, the visitors. 325 kickoff central time at SoFi Stadium. Oh, dear. Um, whoops. Ooh, the Rams and the Seahawks. Um. Jason, I'm going to take uh, – I would take the Rams in this one. I think they had a really nice win last week against um, the Cardinals. That was a really nice win. They needed that one last week. Seattle, Jason, I, I think their age is starting to catch up for them, especially in terms of Russell Wilson. The age is starting to catch up to him. The hits are starting to catch up to him. He's still great. He's still Russell Wilson. But uh, let me take uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams minus four and a half at SoFi. All right, I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to go Russell Wilson and company. Keep this one close. I, I think th 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 this is one where they want to prove they're not as bad as their record indicates. So uh, give me the Seahawks plus the four and a half. Even though they don't win, I like the points there. Eagles minus seven, minus 335 at home against the Washington football team. Coming back at plus 260. Uh, actually, we've got an updated line there. Let me get to that right now. The Eagles, they, this line has moved a lot in the last few moments. Uh it's actually now up to nine and a half for the Eagles against the Washington football team. Totals 43 and a half. That moved down a half point. But the Eagles now minus 435 at home on the money line. Washington football team plus 330 on the money line. A noon kickoff at Lincoln Financial Field. Obviously, the odds makers not giving the Washington football team much respect here. Yeah, Jason. I mean, Washington, they put up a good fight last week against uh, Dallas, but... I mean, Dallas, they're, they're just the superior talent to Washington. I think it's similar with the Eagles. I don't think there's that as much of a gap between Washington and Philadelphia as there is between Washington and Dallas. But um, I do think Philadelphia has the more talented football team. They are playing at home, and God only knows. We all know how insane uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans are. So let me take the Eagles at um, 
I, I will think I do think the Washington football team will cover this one though. So I guess I will go with them plus the nine and a half. All right. Kevin locked in with the Washington football team. I'm going Eagles minus nine and a half. And if Santa Claus is there, you better hide because they booed you in Eagles games. But I think the crowd <laughs> will be in a decent mood for Philadelphia, which is a bad mood. I mean, they're always in a bad mood there. But give me um, the Eagles minus the nine and a half. Because I think the Eagles are going to win the game comfortably. Last one before we get to our best bets here, Kevin. Uh, the, the line hasn't moved that much in this game the last day or two. The Steelers at home against the Titans. Noon kickoff time at Heinz Field, the catch-up bottle in Pittsburgh. Steelers are plus one. Both teams are minus 110 on the money line. Total is 43. Oh, boy. You know, Jason, the old... The old man has actually played a little bit better the last couple weeks. He hasn't played great, but he actually has played better the last couple weeks. And again, Tennessee, they're still different without Derrick Henry at this point, Jason. So I think when it comes to a ground and pound, grind it out type football game, I think at this point, I'm actually going to give the the um, toss over to the Steelers. So I guess I'll take them plus one only because they're at home, but this game could go either way. Yeah, this is really a hard game. This is, in my opinion, is a stay away game, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers at home. Roethlisberger has been playing better. Uh, Pittsburgh's been cl- They seem to fall behind in a lot of games big and then rally. I think they find a way to win this one on their own field. Give me the Steelers plus the one. All right, Kev, that time of the show, three best bets of the week. You always lead us off. Go ahead and give us best bet number one. In no particular order here for the listeners, we just throw three out that we like more than any other game. All right. Um, wow, there's actually not that many uh, really great ones this week. But, uh, Jason, I guess my first one is, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Let me take the Chicago Bears plus the four at home, Jason, and only because the Bears always seem to give Kirk Cousins fits whenever they play them. So let me take Chicago plus the four minus the 110 on, on the spread. All right, Kevin, locking in with the Bears plus the four. I'm going to go with the team we just talked about, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They want to prove that Urban Meyer was the problem. They're laying three and a half against the Woeful Texans. Both these teams are awful. It's our toilet bowl game of the week. Give me the Jaguars as lock of the week, number one minus three and a half. Yeah. Um, all right, so then back to me for game number two, Jason. Um I will go ahead. I will take um, – I'm looking at the Atlanta uh, 49ers game, Jason. I know you and I pretty much came to an agreement earlier. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta plus the 9.5 just because I think they'll be able to keep this cl- – they'll be able to keep this within two scores. Um, will I pick them to win? Absolutely not. But I do think they will be able to keep San Francisco within 10 points. All right, locked in at number two there, Kevin, with his best bet. I am going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals as my best bet number two pick of the week. The Bengals getting two and a half points in Denver. This is a game since he's got to have. I think their offense is going to be the difference here. They're better offensively than the Broncos are. Give the Bengals plus the two and a half in Denver. Your final best bet of the week, Kevin. And my final best bet of the week, Jason, uh, that is going to be... No, you know what? I'm going to do it. Let me go ahead, and I will take Green Bay in this one, minus 5.5, minus the 110 on the road against um, the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh. 
All right, Kevin locked it with the Packers on the road at the Ravens. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills, minus 11 against the Panthers. Looking to bounce back from that tough overtime loss in Tampa last week. They will do it against the bad Panthers team. Give me the Bills in a route over the Panthers, minus 11. That will do it for State Lines. He is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Enjoy the winners, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.